everyone and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Akshaya. My name is Malavika. So last week's episode is going to be kind of hard to top because we had our amazing guest, Hugh. But this week we have kind of an exciting episode. Before that, though, I do want to talk a little bit about what we've been up to. So what did you do last night, Akka? Oh, I went to a concert. And what concert? Oh, I saw Doja Cat. I am so jealous of you. I actually like wasn't that jealous when you first told me you were going to the concert, but then I saw videos and I was like, damn. No, she was really good. She was better than I thought she was going to be. I, which is to say I had like not, not really any expectations because, you know, she's like out there. And I listened to her songs, not like... Yeah, you're not like a stan. No, I'm not a stan, but I would say I'm more, I know more than just like the songs that play on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have listened to her albums. And yeah, she honestly killed it. Um, it was super fun. It was like not too long which I needed because it's on a Monday night which is incredibly rude of her um so I was you know only like half a person today but yeah it was super fun did you do anything I say as if I don't know (laughs) well I actually was home last week which was really really nice I came home for a full week for the Thanksgiving break granted I only had Thursday and Friday off from work so I did work Monday through Wednesday but having that whole week home was so nice I always sleep so much like I don't think I ever sleep as much as I do when I come home which just shows how much my mental health just like thrives when I'm at home and in my childhood bed but speaking of last week in the break we thought it would be kind of an interesting episode for us to get vulnerable again and talk a little bit about our relationship with money you know coming off of Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Travel Tuesday, literally like the three most capitalistic days of the year. Um, We thought it'd be interesting to reflect on our relationship with money, money in general, and the role that it plays in our lives. Well put. Um, Yeah, I, I just think that this is, you know, interesting because the way that we as a collective and us personally view, um, money and just consumption in general I think has changed recently um and you know I think that being more thoughtful and being more conscious of the ways in which we use our money and um what is deemed you know worth it and what's frivolous or unnecessary or like when you're allowed to indulge in those things um has always been something that I kind of have to check in with myself about. Uh, I never really know exactly where I stand on those things. And so, yeah, this is definitely one of those ones that I think is like hard to talk about for me personally, because um, I don't know, it's like a very uncomfortable thing to talk about in general. And inevitably, I think there's a lot of um, like resentment and jealousy and just like negative feelings overall that can bleed in um so yeah I think this is one that like generally people kind of tiptoe around but uh leave it to us to say the unsaid out loud so here we are because nobody asked yeah I completely agree I think it's also just so personal to everybody and nobody ever really wants to expose you know, their finances, their relationship with money, 
how they consume things, the amount of things they consume. So I just think it's an overall really, really interesting topic. I personally love to like study personal finance and listen to other people talk about their finances, not in like a nosy way, well, kind of in a nosy way, but also just to learn more. And uh, the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that it benefits nobody if you are super, super secretive about your finances. Like I'm not saying you got to have your bank account out there and like, you know, all of your spending habits out in the open, but it literally does no harm in being a little bit transparent about these things and just garnering some conversation around it because it is so taboo, especially in this day and age when everybody's trying to climb on all on top of each other and ev- pretty much every market is saturated. So yeah, I guess with that being said, we should start off from the beginning. Um, when was the first time we were aware of money in general and I guess like in our household because we were in the same household? Um, I think because we are children of immigrants, uh, it's not something that like is always explicitly said, but you're kind of always aware of it. Um, at least like from the earliest memories I have of my parents right after they moved here, you know, they didn't have like very glamorous jobs initially. And it always was kind of known that like, okay, we need to be good. You know, we can't just indulge in whatever we want. We have to be a little thoughtful because we have a lot of things to think about yeah Um, and I always knew that that was the case so I can't pinpoint like an exact memory but you know I've always been aware and cautious Mm -hmm. and I think I mean this checks out and totally makes sense but I feel like in general you kind of were more aware of money and the role that it played in our lives at an earlier age than I did because it didn't really concern me until I got to a certain point. Whereas for you, you were kind of always aware of it. And it was just like this thing in the background that you always had to think about and you always had to just know about whether like you were hearing it from maybe our parents talking to each other or the people around you, your peers, your peers' parents, you going to school. I think for me, it was definitely a little later, like probably... I want to say like late elementary school, early middle school is when I started to realize that it was a thing that was not in abundance. And that kind of started to warp just my personal relationship with money. I think you also brought up a really interesting point too, is that our parents are immigrants. They had me after they came to America. But prior to that, you know, they both came to America. They had one super young daughter like you were only three years old and they were trying to figure out their lives here their what what were their jobs going to be like Appa couldn't just have the same job he had in India our mom wasn't even working when she lived in India so just having that complete transition of them trying to find their footing here definitely included like trying to find jobs as immigrants trying to find a home for their kids and provide education for us and that also brings up another really large point too is that childcare is so so expensive and so that aspect was something that they really had to think about too yeah I think we got really fortunate because uh we ended up moving where we had neighbors that we were really close to and we also happened to have family that we were close to um that lived near us so yeah we were you know it wasn't like 
there was no one available um like our grandmother was pretty close to us so there were times where i would stay with her you would stay with her but yeah and 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 for the very beginning like uh almost until your first birthday like our mom didn't work she was a stay-at-home mom and i was in preschool so like i was you know in some type of school for at least part of the day um so it wasn't like she always had both kids at the same time but yeah I mean when you got older and you were like too young for school but you know we still necessarily couldn't put you in like a full-time daycare it did kind of get precarious because she was working too so there was just no one yeah and I think kind of pivoting off of that is did we have the same experiences as other kids our age and I do want to before we kind of go into this topic and this question I do want to say like we grew up in the early 2000s so that era of growing up was so different than how kids are growing up now having iPhones super young and all of these bountiful things that kids are exposed to at such a young age these days that was just not even the norm in general when we were growing up so it's not like we were like oh we didn't have this thing because we couldn't afford it wasn't really like that it was more like life was just different back then and I do think when you think about the climate of the early 2000s and how kids were growing up back then like we didn't really rely on electronics to keep our attention and entertain us we were playing outside which was free we were like going to the park and riding our bikes and reading books at the library so you know that's just something to keep in mind as we talk about this so then I guess at what point would you say that we kind of were tuned in to the fact that like it was a little hard growing up um, financially I for me personally I always have these really clear memories of when I was in elementary school when you know, every single holiday in elementary school was a huge deal. So like Halloween, Christmas, 4th of July, um, Valentine's Day, those were all really big holidays that we celebrated as a class in elementary school, like pretty much primary school up to high school. And I would always like see, you know, the kids bring in all these like cool treats and their parents would volunteer for the classroom parties and their parents would chaperone on field trips and our parents couldn't do that because they were working parents and I'm not saying that like oh my god these other kids didn't have working parents you know I don't know their situations obviously but like there were situations in which you know like only one parent had to work in other families and you know the other mom was like you know they were wealthy enough with one income or something like that you know what I mean so I do remember just like seeing all these kids my age like bringing in these cool treats and their parents would come all the time and they had all these cool backpacks and these shoes and they had like a new outfit for everything and I just didn't have that and so that was like the first memory the earliest memory that I had of me being like oh why can't I have that too that's so interesting that that's kind of what clued you in I think a lot of times for me, it just straight up was that like I would eavesdrop on conversations and like really internalize them and be like, okay, what can I do to kind of minimize my impact? I think really early on, I understood that like 
I was not financially independent in a way where I could add to our household income. So I was like, what can I do to um, reduce my impact? Like, how can I take up the least space? Um, So it's like, you know, kind of a thing that we did, which I don't know if we started doing this because of the money thing, but I'm sure it is related. My birthday's in January and it's really close to Christmas. And so... Um, it's like not that close to Christmas though when you think about it. It's just and not. I mean, it's like, it's like three... Three weeks a, proper. Yeah, it's like maybe just over three weeks. I mean, that's like close enough. But anyways, I would get like one present for both of those occasions. And usually it would be like something that's, you know, a little bit bigger but yeah I would get one present and it would never bother me because I would just be like oh my god amazing but that was like definitely something or like if I wanted something it would be like okay you'll like you need to wait for your birthday um so in a way it was like those things became even more precious um but I will say I never like thought about it negatively I remember when this is kind of a little later in life, but we finally got um, a DS and I really, really wanted to buy DS games and I really wanted to buy Sims. I still play Sims to this day as a 22 year old at my big old age. I play Sims every day. It started back then in like second grade when you got a DS and you would let me play on it. And I was like, okay, well, if Akka gets her games and I want my own games. So I went to the store to Target with my mom. I remember this super clearly. And I was like, can we buy Sims? It was it, it was like $20. Can you imagine like a video game being $20 in this day and age? Um, I know. But also the crazy thing is, is like $20 was a not insignificant amount of money. You know, now but, you're like you step out of the house and like $20 set on fire. No, literally. But exactly. Then, yeah. It was like a lot. Exactly. I know. And like I didn't conceptualize that obviously as like a second grader. So I was like, I'm not, I, this is this is the toy that I want. I want to get this game. And she was like, it's $20. And I was like, $20 is not that much. Like, I literally remember saying that to her. I remember saying that to her. And she was like, Malu, $20 is a lot of money. Like, that's that's quite a significant amount to, for like a tiny little DS game, obviously. Like, you know, and in 2000, I don't even know, 2008, 2009, that was quite a significant amount of money. Nowadays, it's so different. But I just remember that. And I was like, oh, I think that kind of put into perspective for me, like, what $20 is relatively, if that makes sense. Like, I never knew if $5 was expensive for something or cheap for something. Was $20 expensive for something or cheap for something? And that kind of gave me this, like, oh, $20 is expensive. So that was kind of, like, my first thought of, oh, we can't just go to the store and buy anything we want. That's so interesting that like before then you really had no concept of range for cost of things. I do want to like really quickly touch on some like random kind of fun things that we talk about when we talk about like quote unquote rich kids and the things that rich kids had growing up that we didn't have. And we kind of laugh about this now because it's super true and it's very little niche things, but there are certain things that when I think in my head, if you had this, you were a rich kid. One of those things. Oh my God. This is to this day. There are certain things on this list where I'm like, if I have that, then I've made it. If I have that, I've made it. The first thing on this list is garage refrigerators. 
If you have a garage oh. and you have a fridge in your garage, that's it. Period. You made it. You've made first it. First of all, if you have a garage in general, so like that our house doesn't first. have a garage. Yeah. We, and like so we, we live don't. in a townhouse. Plenty of townhouses have garages. It's just so that like the neighborhood we live in, it there was just no yeah, space like the for way it. the house is cr- structured, there's no room for a garage. Yeah. But um, garages as a concept wealthy and then storing extra food in there so crazy yeah the fact that you have another freezer on top of the one that's already in your fridge that you have enough food to put in this other freezer like it blows my mind still so crazy another thing is basements and single family homes so we've only ever lived in apartments and a townhouse now so we've never lived in like a single family home that has a proper basement because we kind of have a basement. Our basement i know but it's like not underground you know like the proper basement feel. i mean our our basement is underground we just live on a hill so like one side of it is not and one side of it is yeah but you know what i mean like if you live in this like in a house that i mean you know what type of house you live in <laughs> another one um this was more malu not me i didn't really care about this but malu is a fiend for a house with stairs our house has stairs, by the way. We literally have a house that has like an excessive amount of floors because it's like very skinny and tall. Um, but Malu would be like, if your house has stairs, then you're rich. So and I guess I, we're rich. Like, that's the only thing that I ever wanted in my life. Like I was like, if I just have a house with stairs. And then when we first moved into our home that we currently live in, like our parents' house, I used to sit on the stairs and read. That was my favorite place ever. So homes with stairs, you're rich. Another thing, big birthday parties. If you were having big birthday parties up until the age of like, no, you know what? I should take this back. Sweet 16s. If you had a sweet 16, you were a rich kid. (laughs) Oh, let a brief nod to New Jersey sweet 16 cultures. Those are like weddings. It's just insane. You guys are spending that much money on a birthday party. I don't think I ever will do that. I don't even think we're going to spend that much on our weddings. Um, Another one was like certain brands. Like when I was in middle school, um, Abercrombie or Hollister, like Aeropostale was not cutting it. Aeropostale was like bottom tier. (laughs) You had to shop at Hollister or Abercrombie. Hollister was better it thing. You better, better have gotten the sweatpants with the logo stitched on there because (laughs) otherwise you're a plebeian. Sorry, I don't make the rules. That's just what it was. And like everyone who was someone, as in like if you were somewhere on the popularity scale, then you know that they were buying those. Yeah. Another thing is getting your nails done or getting your hair done at a younger age. Like there would be girls at the age of 10 getting their hair highlighted. Like, I'm sorry. My mom still doesn't let my sister get her hair highlighted and she's almost 27. I literally showed up like what is the last year I dyed my hair my mom wouldn't look at me for like a few days she like straight up would not look me in the eye and I was 25 years old and like getting your hair done is expensive like you're telling me your parents at your age of 10 are paying like over a hundred dollars for you to get your hair highlighted could not relate so all of that to say that those are just like silly little things that as we grew up we kind of internalized as oh this is this belongs to a certain population and once we finally were able to start indulging in those things 
I don't know. It just kind of makes you feel good. You're like, dang, I've actually like, I made it. I got here. So how does this kind of affect the way that we think about money now? So I think it's interesting because earlier you talked about how you weren't in a position to be financially independent, right? Like you were like 10. Obviously, you weren't going to be financially independent. So up until the age of whenever we had reached financial independence or we were able to start making our own money, I started to think about the ways in which I was asking our parents to give me money because how else are you going to go hang out with your friends? Like, you know, you go to middle school and I used to like walk to the giant near our house and buy snacks and hang out at the library when I was in middle school and get frappuccinos, um, a caramel frappuccino or a cotton candy frappuccino from the Starbucks and giant. Uh, if you know, you know, so Obviously, I would need money for those. And back then, the Frappuccinos were only like $3, but still needed money for it. So I would slowly like ask my parents for money to buy things here and there and little snacks. But I started to think twice before doing that. I started to think twice before asking our parents, you know, for like food money, for toys and games, especially clothes. I think at a certain age, both of us just stopped kind of buying clothes unless it was super necessary and I think our one time that we kind of allowed ourselves to buy clothes and get what we needed was back to school oh for sure that was like the one time and then maybe um maybe in the right winter the winter yeah you got like a cup a sweater or two or something like that mm-hmm. and I think it, it was really interesting too because once you start to realize how dependent you are on your parents for money before you start making your own money you really kind of start to pull back and become way more conscious about what you're actually spending your money on and whether it's necessary. Yeah, like I remember um, in middle school and high school, you know, you'd go to the movies with your friends. And this was back when you could get a movie ticket for less than $20. I think now it's like $20. Oh my gosh, the Um, movie tickets were like $7. I got I got a twenty dollar bill and I was able to eat dinner and watch a movie all in that twenty dollar bill. But I remember this specifically that at the Noodles and Company they had the small size and they had the regular size. And if I got the regular size then I couldn't afford the movie ticket and the meal in a single twenty dollar bill. And so I would no matter how hungry I was, I would get the small size. Because I was like, I can't ask them for more more money. I can't do this. I like refuse to. And if I was hungry, then I would just come home and eat again. Mm -hmm. And I would just be like, no, I'm not that hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that happen all the time. I would never want to ask my parents for money to buy clothes. Like any new clothes I got. At a certain age, we both started sharing clothes. Meaning like I just wore your clothes because you didn't like my clothes. (laughs) And that was just kind of how we operated for a while. I remember once I got to a certain age in high school, I really wanted to buy a good quality hair straightener. Couldn't afford that. I also wasn't making my own money. So how was I supposed to get my hands on that? There were, I feel like there were a lot of things that we weren't able to have because we didn't have that financial freedom. And now when I look back on it, like you said earlier in the episode, I don't look back on it with like, um, what's the word? disdain yeah I don't look back on it with disdain at all because 
that was just the way it was. You know, when you don't know anything else, when those are just the circumstances, you kind of just go with it because there's just no other option. But also, despite all of these things that seem negative, like we went to amusement parks, you know, like even if we had to wait to get the DS that we wanted, we got it. Our parents got the games would like, literally hustled. buy us anything we wanted. They worked so incredibly hard. So like, yes, I was conscious about it. And I think more so than the average child. But I was still never lacking for anything. And that kind of, I guess, made me never take it for granted because I was like, Look at how hard they're working and I still, you know, I'm getting all the things that I asked for. But then on the flip side, it also really made me think that like the path to accessing wealth is not equal for every person. A hundred percent. I I completely agree with that. Like, you know, we think about the way that we are now as adults and, you know, we'll get into this later. There are I do suffer in a lot of ways, especially with my relationship with money and, you know, that whole aspect of my life is still something I'm working towards to be more healthier every single day. But we are probably some of the most financial savvy people that I know and we are so conscious about the way we spend our money and just everything we have and our consumption habits that I genuinely feel so grateful that what we experienced and what we went through led us to like how we are now so we talked about a lot about financial dependency on our parents for a while and that kind of how that kind of morphed our mindset into money and how that scarcity mindset really seeped in quite early for us and that you know we should always be cautious of how we spend our money and never spend your money always save your money uh what is the best way that we can there's minimize never, our costs and there's never enough there's never enough you know like we we got to pick and choose we can't have it all it was never like you know we never had anything in abundance is what i'm trying to say i guess it was very like anything we got we were extremely grateful for and never took it for granted but on the flip side of that i want to talk a little bit about how our relationship with money changed once we got a little bit of financial independence meaning you know our first part-time jobs First of all, that was like, honestly, one of the most formative experiences of my life. Second of all, I was like bawling. That was one of the times in my life where I was like the disposable income. Like I have never accessed such wealth um, since. And it was crazy because like my parents having struggled and myself like having seen all of this stuff, I think I had a really good sense of how to take care of money. Which is not to say, you know, I didn't have my moments where I was just like going a little crazy, but I always instantly knew like, okay, I have to set up a savings account. Okay. The second I'm 18 years old, I need to get a credit card. Like I need to, every time I get a paycheck, I need to budget it. So this much goes here. This much goes there. Um, I need to have a buffer of this much money in case something goes wrong. And I was really paying for like all of my own clothes at that point. Um, I was paying for AP exams that I took along, like I was, you know, contributing towards it. I don't think I paid for all of them because I took like a redonkulous amount of AP exams. So there's like no way I was paying for all of those. But, you know, I was paying for a majority of them. I paid for all of my SAT tests. I paid for all of my college applications. Um, 
every time I went out to eat, you know, it was like so much satisfaction being able to like swipe my own card and knowing that like I could do these things for myself and it wasn't putting any pressure on my parents to have to provide a certain lifestyle for me. I was able to like treat my sibling, you know, like, oh, we're going out to eat like I got it or like, do you want that coffee? Like, I'll buy it for you. Here's ice cream, like those things. And it makes you feel really good as an older sibling. You know, you're like, I'm taking care of things. Yeah. Um, And also you, you and I both, but like, since we're talking about your, your part-time job right now, like you were hustling, you, your first job was at JCPenney. So you worked in retail, which is, you know, yes, it's something I, I was going to school, right? The usual, I had extracurricular activities. I was also working like 35 hours a week. You were working so much. And I was making like only seven twenty-five an hour, which was the minimum wage at the time. I it might still be uh, the federal minimum wage now, but yeah. And I was earning, I was like raking in like three hundred to four hundred dollar paychecks. Like, how was that happening? So crazy. And I think that work ethic has really been instilled in us since we were so young. Is that like you always work? for the things that you want and that literally there was also there was also never any shame in taking part-time jobs that aren't necessarily seen as glamorous oh yeah no and our parents always encouraged us to get jobs they were so supportive of us going out and and you know that also being said they never forced us to work either like had we not gotten jobs it would have been tough for sure because of you know the amount of extracurriculars and things that you just end up doing as you grow older but they never forced us to get jobs it was always just something that you and I both knew was something we were going to do once we turned working age so i think i think both of us got our jobs at 16 i think i was like 17 but yeah yeah and you know same thing here i started working when i like a couple months after I turned 16. At that time, I think I was a junior in high school. Yeah, I was a junior in high school. I was in marching band. I was doing all these extracurricular activities. I was finally able to help my parents pay for marching band, which was super, super expensive. Um, Same as Akka, I paid, I contributed to my AP tests. I paid for my SATs, um, college applications, started to form the basis of my own personal finances, like setting up a savings account, same as you getting a credit card when I turned 18, you know, being able to go out to eat with my friends whenever we wanted. Because at that time, that's all you're spending your money on. That's literally like you don't have expenses. You don't have bills to pay and rent to pay. You don't have student loans to pay for. You're literally your only thing that you're spending your money on is yourself. So sometimes I would actually go buy the shirt that I wanted to buy and spend the money on myself. And yeah, like you said, being able to actually contribute to the family in terms of like taking that burden off of their chest and spending my own money, paying for my own gas for my car, those little things really added up. Yeah, because at that time, there's really nothing that you can do to like significantly contribute to adding the family income. But like being able to subtract myself from the equation to the best of my ability, um, was such a huge help for them really how do you think that all kind of changed when we got to college do you want to go first Malu yeah so both of us actually worked at the same place in college which is funny um 
we worked at the gym and we were part of like the member services team, the front desk people. And for me personally, I wanted to continue working through college. I didn't take a break or anything. I just stayed working. Um, and I was just, you know, taking evening shifts like two to three times a week. And I, (laughs) listen, I won't lie. I was making a lot of money when I was in high school. Like no 18 year old should ever be making the amount of money that I ended up making from my job because I was insane. This is also something I want to touch on a little later. I was insane and would cover everybody's shifts and work like basically 35 to 40 hours a week. Like I would work 12 hour shifts. Akka, do you remember this? Yeah, you were absolutely insane. Like my paychecks were crazy, even off of my like 925 hourly pay. And so not having that anymore in college was tough. But at the same time, I had built up, you know, a savings account that was able to help me through college when I wasn't, you know, getting as much money as I was used to. Um, You know, we it was okay freshman year. And also I was a COVID college student. So I came home and you know, that kind of changed things. But when I lived in an apartment, I had to buy my own groceries. Weirdly enough, I was not making a lot of money, but I didn't suffer too bad with the scarcity mindset here. Like I found myself spending only really on groceries. I barely ate out actually. Like I'd go get bubble tea with my friends or coffee here and there. But my expenses were so low in college. I think just because you're not really spending on outings or anything like I was always just hanging out with my friends outdoors or in class and so weirdly enough I don't remember the scarcity mindset being so crippling for me at this time of my life even though this was quite possibly the lowest income I had ever had in my adult years. Listen I think that we became the masters of a budget because let me tell you we got paid a hundred and twenty dollars every other week that was like a so good that, that was good too sometimes my take my paychecks like if I dropped a shift or something would be like 80 dollars. Oh, yeah and that had to feed you by the way for two weeks um you know like I had to I essentially was allowed to eat out maybe once where I could get like one item and when I did buy groceries I was like frozen vegetables pasta and pasta sauce and that's what we're doing. And that's literally all I ate. And like we were um, not buying clothes in college. No, no, like no. Like all no. we were buying was our groceries and like coffee. Yeah. Sometimes. And obviously like sometimes my parents would buy groceries. Like if I went home, they'd be like, do you need groceries? And just like buy my groceries. And then it'd be like, oh my God, yay, I can go out to eat this week. <laughs> or like, yay, I can buy myself a coffee. Yeah. Um, absolute insanity. And I ate a lot of Taco Bell, um, which Taco Bell raised their prices. So Taco Bell, you better start counting your days. (laughs) How do you think your relationship with with money was overall during that time, though? Because, yes, our paychecks were way smaller than any other paycheck we'd have gotten up until that point in time. But do you think that you were kind of like counting your pennies all the time or were you kind of okay because the stress of everything else in school was overtaking that? I don't think there's really ever been a time in my life where I'm like not counting pennies. Yeah. Um, I think like, yeah, it was definitely tough. I had some savings, but like I had to use them because I took some summer classes. So I had to um, essentially pay for those summer classes like out of my savings. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it like really became okay until I graduated. And then I got like a big girl job and I was living at home. So I wasn't paying rent and I was making enough that even when I was paying my student loans and I was making like doubled or triple the payments, I was still like left with enough money that I was like easily enjoying myself. That was the time where I was like living my best life truly. That was so crazy too because finally you graduated college, you have this financial freedom, you have a full-time job, you're living at home, starting your adult life and you set yourself up so well for your future paying your student loans and like not having to pay rent. I paid like a ridiculous amount um, of money to my student loans in the two years I didn't like I was just working. It was insane. Like, truly, I was so proud of myself. Yeah, and I remember you would, like, get coffee whenever you wanted to, and you would go hang out with your friends all the time, and you were paying gas for your own car, and it was just, like, you were truly just treating yourself to all the things you may not have been able to do I was buying you, I was buying you dinner. I was like, you want it? You can get it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. I think... That period of your life is when I remember you to be like the most free. And I've never felt the same since. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that changed when you went to grad school? Oh my God. This starts a whole thing about how grad students aren't paid enough and the cost of living crisis is so bad. Essentially, your rent is more than what you can afford based off of the pennies that they pay you. And God forbid you have to take insurance from grad school because then insurance is really expensive. And... Yeah, so you essentially have enough money once you get paid to buy cheap groceries and maybe eat out once. And then you're like, that's just about it. So yeah, we're back to pinching pennies. It's rough out here. The end is somewhere. I can't see it, but it's somewhere. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard. Um, I don't really have anything positive to add to that. <laughs> For me, postgrad was just a very weird limbo phase of my life because I graduated a semester early. And by the way, my last semester of school, I was working three jobs. So I was working, still working at the gym. So that was like three and a half years of me working at the gym throughout my entire college. And then I was a program assistant at the gym for like the what would you call it? The department that I was working for. And then I also had a fall internship. So I had three jobs and I was also in school. I was only in school part-time, but still in school commuting to school where our house is literally like an hour plus away from our campus. So I was doing all that, hustling my last semester of college. My schedule was so busy. I was also the president of a student organization. So all of that happening. I graduate college and all my jobs are done. I don't have my gym job, I don't have the program assistant job, and I don't have my internship anymore. All of those ended. And I was like, I cannot not have an income. Like, to have been making an income since I was 16 to 21 and then not having an income was so weird. And, you know, you always think that, oh, like, I'll just survive off of my savings. No, you can't. You can't do that. Also, I was traveling in January for my postgrad travels and for your birthday. And although I wanted to give myself full permission to use my savings for that trip and, you know, not have to think twice, not have to pinch pennies on this once in a lifetime experience. Unfortunately, I was doing so because not having an income 
shot me straight back to that scarcity mindset. Not that I ever really went away, but I was so stressed out about money during the trip, especially the Switzerland part, because literally why is that country so expensive? It actually bankrupted me. And, you know, now I think back at at those times and I'm like, money can really make or break a memory for you. Like you always, I've always been somebody who's not great at being present and in the moment and just thinking and worrying about money and being anxious about that all the time takes away so much from those experiences, which is really, really sad to think about. But, you know, when I graduated, I I wasn't starting my full-time job until July, so I had seven months of doing nothing. So ended up getting a job at Crumble Cookies after being unemployed for like two months. I genuinely felt super stuck because in the beginning, I was getting consistent shifts. I was doing trainings um, and they paid us weekly. So I was like, okay, cool. This is great. And then I just stopped being scheduled. Like I would get scheduled like once a week and literally get like $40. (laughs) And I was like, I can't do anything. Like I couldn't go out to eat with my friends. I wasn't able to do any of the things that I was able to do before. I was also living at home. And so, you know, when you want to go out and hang out with your friends, my friends who were still in school, I had to be really intentional about what I wanted to do. And of course for them, you know, most of them didn't have to think about, oh, you know, I don't have a paycheck this week. I can't hang out with my friends. Whereas for me, it was like I needed to really intentionally plan what what and when I did things with my friends and how I was spending my money. And to me, that just took away so much of the enjoyment of the experience. So, you know, I think back to that time in my life, which was literally earlier this year, and I feel a lot of sadness because I just felt kind of lost. I didn't really have a direction. Um... And then I moved to New York. So I started my full-time job, um, moved to New York, which is obviously super expensive and did have that rush of financial freedom again. You know, I'm making a salary now. I work full-time, but then the opposite- now you're balling. Yeah. You know, you'd think so, but then the pressures of adulthood and paying for adult things comes crashing down on you so hard and so fast. So- I never got the experience of like living at home post-grad. I mean, I did, but I wasn't making any money, so I don't count that. Um, I never got the experience of like saving on rent, living at home and having really being able to feel the full effect of my salary. Like most of my salary will be going to the rent and to student loans. And so, yeah, like if you had stayed at home, then I think you would have been financially like doing beyond well I would be bawling I would be the happiest person ever but because the chunk of my rent I mean a chunk of my salary goes to my rent and a huge chunk of my salary goes to my student loans because student loans um went into repayment and now literally all of my money goes there so you know there there comes times this is like every day actually where I have really really negative thoughts about my finances and oh my god how am I going to be able to afford anything am I even going to be able to set myself up for success and sometimes I really genuinely feel like I'll never be able to make ends meet because my mind is constantly running constantly thinking about money will there be enough which is once again the scarcity mindset um the what if mindset what is going to happen if blah 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 um 
you know, constantly wanting to be smart about my money and setting myself for, up for the future. And I'm the type of person who has really, really high expectations for myself. And so when I like spend money on something that I think is frivolous, I will be really, really harsh to myself about it and be like, you didn't, you don't deserve that. You don't deserve to buy these things for yourself. Why did you spend your money there? You could have, you know, used the money that you spent on that and put it in your savings or blah, blah, blah. And like, that's the kind of mindset that I've been stuck in pretty much my whole life, but it's just been exacerbated now that, you know, I'm making a salary, but also having to deal with all these other things. I'm also just really afraid I feel like to spend any money on myself, but I will not think twice about spending money on other people and things that are necessities. Like I never treat myself and buy myself things. I don't really buy clothes, but I would but buy, you buy you things all the time or I'd buy our parents yeah, things you, all the time. You buy me coffee all the time. Yeah. And it's like, I w- I'm always so harsh on myself for like going out to eat. Like if I go, I, if I, like want to buy a meal out for myself I have to text Akshu or call her and be like can you validate me in this decision yeah and then I have to give a whole speech about like it's fine you're fine but I mean sometimes you just have to talk someone down because like it is so inundated within their psyche this feeling yeah which is so crazy so and that all being said you know Akshu you told me this because it was in like a TikTok uh, that 100K is the new 70K because of how expensive it is to literally just live in this world now, which blows my mind because nowadays you just need more and more to make a modest living. The whole like cost of living crisis is really insane because there's certain things that like increase, right? For example, rent and groceries and stuff, but then certain things that never change, like um in my grad program they were like yeah our salaries haven't changed in like ages okay then how am I supposed to exist out here you know it's things like that it's it's very bleak if you think too much about it yeah and so I guess like that's a huge kind of overview of our relationship with money the way that we the way that money just kind of manifests itself in our lives and how it's such kind of an insidious thing. Like it's just so, you know, money can like make or break a lot of things. It can make or break your relationship with somebody else, a friendship, uh, a partner, a spouse, a sibling. It can make or break your relationship with yourself. Like there's so many things that money is involved in, unfortunately, and it's really, really hard honestly like I don't know anybody who has a completely healthy relationship with money and I think that's just because of the way that everything is in the world nowadays and like everybody's always trying to be the next bigger and better thing and literally everybody's an influencer and everybody's a millionaire and everything's just so unattainable so that's that's on that I think we want to end on something kind of positive because this was all a little bit um bleak I guess we can talk a little bit about some of the things that we are doing such telling ourselves or anything that we practice to alleviate some of this pressure and kind of get rid of the scarcity mindset wherever we can um one of the things that I just have to tell myself is like buy that coffee girl like if that coffee is gonna make you wanna you know 
exist for a little bit longer like <laughs> buy the damn coffee yeah and I do <laughs> sometimes you need it like genuinely sometimes that coffee is so healing for your soul that you're like I need this right now I also tell myself and remind myself that I'm only in this part slash phase of my life once and that I I will regret not taking advantage of what I have now if I don't do it so yes I'm not you know the most wealthy person ever but at the same time like I'm making money for a reason and there's literally no good coming from me just like sitting here like on my money like a duck like I deserve to spend my money on experiences and things and I'm going to regret not doing that and taking advantage of living in New York and doing all these fun things if I if I don't do it now. All that to be said, money will always be there to be made. Time can't be made back up. I think this is something that is super, super personal to everybody and everybody's going to have a different relationship with it and all you can kind of do is just continue working on it and you know... If you ever are having these the same thoughts that we talked about and you're just struggling with something like this, just think that like somebody made up the economy. Like somebody decided to print money and like it controls our lives, but ultimately some white guy just woke up one day and he was like It's fake. John Maynard Keynes woke up one day, Adam Smith woke up one day, and they were like the wealth of nations. Like it's not real this is we're all just literally like little ants on a floating rock so it's not real so buy yourself the seven dollar coffee if you need to and a new pair of shoes if you want you know like everything's gonna be okay except sometimes it's not okay (laughs) and sometimes it's not okay and and that's okay too to not be okay okay wonderful So that's all for this week. Thanks for sticking with us and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.